Good morning and welcome to the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. We are a spirited and spiritual group of folks searching for truth and meaning in a responsible way. We're committed to being in right relationship with one another, with ourselves, with the earth, and with our animal companions. You might have guessed that you have stumbled upon the animal blessing service at First UU here, and so we know you're going to have a good time seeing pictures of all of our pets that we sent in and um, enjoying the cats, the dogs, the birds, and who knows what else? Who even knows? We come from a long heritage of teaching that there's a spark of the divine in everyone, and for this Sunday, we extend it to the animals as well, which I think it always has spark of the divine in the animals as well, probably in the rocks and the trees, if you want to get right down to it. But we greet the divine in our midst by turning to the people to our left and right when we're here and welcoming them. But if uh, you're not here, which nobody is except our musicians, um, then see if you can greet one another in the comments. And right now I would like to say to all the cats and dogs watching, hello, Hello, you're a good boy. You're a good, good girl. Thank you for watching. Please join us in our chalice lighting reading. This is the flame we hold in our hearts as we strive for justice for everyone. This is the light we shine upon systems of oppression until they are no more. This is the warmth that we share with one another as our struggle becomes our salvation. is from Lyanda Lynn Hott. She's a white author, naturalist, ecology philosopher, and speaker whose work is at the forefront of the movement to connect people with nature in their everyday lives. My reading assistant is Louisa May Alcott, a three-year-old Basenji dog. Our bodies... Our thoughts, our minds, our spirits are affected by the whole of the earthen community and affect this whole in return. This is both a mystical sensibility and a scientific fact. It is an awareness that makes us tingle with its responsibility, its beauty, its poetry. It makes our lives our most foundational form of activism, It means everything we do matters, and matters wondrously. This congregation wrote a mission for itself, which guides us as we move into the future together. We wrote it on the wall, and we say it together every Sunday. Together, we nourish souls, transform lives, and do justice to build the beloved community. After we say our mission, we have a moment for beloved community where we teach ourselves something that the system is trying to erase. We have this white supremacy system which sometimes subtly and sometimes not so subtly tries to erase our knowledge of the um, worst parts of our nature in history. And today I want to talk to you about Ruby Bridges. Say her name. Ruby Bridges was a little girl that everybody knows. When she was six years old, she helped, um, well, she by herself 
integrated, a school in Louisiana. So what don't we know about her? Well, here's the thing I found out just researching a little bit on Ruby Bridges. So she is picked um, because she passed these entrance exams to go into this elementary school. Um, There were three other kids who passed the exams too, and they got to go to another school together, these little black kids. This Ruby Bridges kid had to go all on her own and go past screaming, raging white people every single day, guarded by federal people. She had to be guarded every day to go into this school and not be hurt. So what happened, I imagined that what happened was that she landed in a class full of little kids who finally got used to her and made room for her and played with her on the playground. No, no, nobody would allow their kid to be in her class. One teacher, a woman named Barbara Henry, said she would teach Ruby Bridges. And so Ruby was in a class of one that whole year, she and Miss Henry together. And she would sometimes play with Miss Henry during recess because none of the other kids would play with her. She ate lunch alone every day because none of the other kids would eat lunch with her. That little girl finished that year and didn't miss one day of school. Later on, 1999, she and Ms. Henry got together again. Ruby Bridges is still alive. She's just a year older than I am. She's still going strong and has written a couple of books. But she and Ms. Henry got together in late, the late 1990s and did a lecture tour together. Isn't that fun that they reconnected? Anyway, the point is, we think we know a lot about history. And we know, yeah, yeah, Ruby Bridges integrated that school, blah, blah, blah. But we don't know the whole story. The other part of the story is that her daddy lost his job because she went to that school. Her mama couldn't get anybody at any grocery store to sell her any groceries. They wouldn't sell her any groceries. Her grandparents got kicked off the farm where they'd been sharecropping for 25 years. That family, it cost that family, a lot. Now, a lot of Northerners sent them money so that they could survive. But Ruby Bridges and her family, man, they were brave. And man, the white people made it hard on them. And I don't say this to make you feel guilty. There's no reason you weren't there. You didn't do anything. You don't have to feel guilty. This is just so that you will know the details that the system is trying to erase and gloss over in your mind. The system tries to keep knowledge from us, and we don't like it when knowledge is kept from us. We want to go look for that knowledge. And that's what this moment for beloved community is about. Not guilt, knowledge. Take these sunken eyes and learn to see 
Now is the time in our service when we become quiet together if we can. Or just put your hand on your animals and be glad for them. We'll bless them in a little minute or so. Let's breathe together. There's so much going on in our world. It feels like things are falling apart. Desperation all around us. Tension, stress. May we be open to helping in the ways that we can help. May we be peaceful about letting others help in ways that we cannot. In the quietness, may we feel ourselves rooted in the heart of compassion and held in the arms of love. Let us breathe together for a few minutes. May you have peace. May you have ease of well-being. Kaya and I um, like to watch this show on British television called Escape to the Country, where British people um, with inexplicable amounts of money um, move from a city to try to find a house in the country. And um, this one lady was looking at houses. She's a middle-aged woman with a dog. And she wanted to move to be nearer her, her adult daughter. And she was looking at houses, and she found this one that was just perfect for everything she had asked for was in this house. And it was within her budget. And she turned the house down because the stairway was too steep and narrow for her dog. And the real estate agent was bemused. He said, really? You're going to turn down this whole house just because Oscar can't get up the stairs? And she said, absolutely. Oscar sleeps with me, and the bedroom is upstairs. So I understood. You would understand, too, wouldn't you? Those of you who've had dogs and cats that you love. Dogs that lose their legs as they get older, like most of us do. This Sunday, we're celebrating a blessing of the animals, and we bless animals because they bless us so much. They 
they stay by us when we're little kids and let us fall asleep with their weight on our chest or with their body right next to ours. Um, we have a cat that likes to sleep on Kaya's head, just right up here, with his paw in her hair. It's comforting. It's nice. It's uncomfortable sometimes, but you don't thrash around at night because you don't want to disturb the animals. So we watch TV in the company of the family dog or cat. We go exploring in the woods, and our parents feel safer because we're with the dog, and the dog will protect us. And they comfort us when we cry, and they make us laugh, and they're the big personality in the middle of the family sometimes. People say this about their animal companions. They say they give unconditional love. They forgive you no matter what. They think you are the be-all and end-all of the whole universe. They're sensitive to your feelings, and they don't care what you look like or how much money you have. They love you because you are theirs. There was a study published in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society that demonstrated that older people um, who have pets tend to have better physical and mental well-being than those who don't. It does our heart good to mend animals who've been abandoned or hurt, helping another life through the caring of um, other people and other animals really helps us, helps our own hearts heal because sometimes the world is just too much. It's too overwhelming. And when you can find a little being that needs your help, a little cat who needs feeding through the night, or a little dog who needs cleaning up and loving, it just feels like you're really doing something for the planet, which you are, when so much else is out of control. And it teaches us about being trustworthy and learning trust. Because even though you can't trust dogs and cats to be civilized, you can't. You can trust them to be themselves, which is a good lesson about trust. You don't trust people to be the way you want them to be. You trust them to be themselves. And so as long as you can live with that, you're good. There are lots of uh, studies about strong emotional bonds between people and their pets. Um, There was a study, and I love the name of these scientists. Uh, Barker and Barker were the names of the scientists who studied these dogs. And they did... um, they did use their sociology tools to figure out how strong people's connections were with their dogs, and they found that it, um, in that dog owners were often emotionally as close to their dogs as they were to the other members of their family, and that if you would ask someone to choose between their dog and their family member, sometimes people would be hard pressed to choose. And some people were actually closer to their dog companion than they were to the human family member. There's this wonderful book called The Social Lives of Dogs that um, a a classically trained anthropologist wrote this book, and she and her husband um, had a dog, and the, the husband called the dog the keeper of my soul. And one night she just thought, to ask him if he had to choose which one would he choose, the dog or her. 
And he just closed his eyes and said, please don't ask me that. It was in a publication called Yoga World that I found um, an article on how to be a good companion. And sometimes animals can be a good companion to a human, and sometimes humans can be good companions to animals. And to be a good companion, this article says, you need to be caring and concerned about the other person's happiness. And in this instance, I'm calling dogs people because it's the same thing. Um, I know you can argue with me about that. You can tweet if you want to. Um, You want to be caring and concerned about the other person's happiness. You want to share his or her concerns and labors. And naturally, you want to make his or her life more pleasant. You'll have to know life and know yourself well enough to become trustworthy, capable of keeping your agreements. To be a friend to them, your word must be true. A true friend You will hold goodwill in your heart toward them. And even when you mistrust or misunderstand your companion, you will work to be forgiving as soon as you can. You'll work to make it right as soon as you can. You'll refuse to indulge bad moods brought on by your inadequacies. That was a sentence I had to read a couple of times. You'll refuse to indulge bad moods brought on by your inadequacies. (laughs) I thought it was going to say bad moods brought on by other people's inadequacies, but no, your own inadequacies, that's, that's rough yoga journal. It's not easy to be a true friend, but sometimes we can even learn from animals to be a true friend. And may we all find beings like this in our lives. And may we all find an opportunity to be a friend like this to someone else. Our job here on earth, what it's all about, is to learn to love and be loved. That's what it's about. And our animal companions can really help us along the way. So, right now, I'm going to ask you to um, bring your animal close to you if you can. And we have our animal blessing where we channel blessings to our animals because... In our theology, there's no priesthood. There's no anybody who has to channel blessings for you. You can channel blessings to your own animal. So here we go. I'm going to say it slowly so you can say it after me. Bless you for depending on me. For trusting me with your well-being. Thank you for all you give me in return. Companionship, attention, your warm, furry body next to me on the sofa. Your tail wagging in joy at my return. This is just for chickens. Your delicious eggs for my breakfast. Okay, now this is for everybody again. You have a safe, warm place in my heart. And if you leave this life before I do, I will carry your memory with me. You opened my heart. You taught me compassion and connection. I bless you with my whole heart. May it be so.
Now is the time when we ask for a morning offering. There should be a, a link in the comments where you can go uh, make your offering to this church. If you have made a pledge to the church, just keep paying on your pledge. We really, it keeps us going and um, it helps us tremendously. And we believe that it helps you too to be a generous person. Please join in saying the extinguishing of our chalice. We extinguish this flame, but not the light of truth, the warmth of community, or the fire of commitment. These we hold in our hearts until we are together again. Please sing with me if you care to the benediction. You know it from the hymn. There is a love holding us. There is a love holding all that we love. There is a love holding all. We rest in this love. Ten years ago, I was on my way home, saw her walking on the side of the highway alone. It was raining like hell, and I kept telling myself, not my problem, keep on driving, just like everybody else. Why should I? Crazy about Amy.
This is a production of the First Unitarian Universalist Church of Austin. For more information, go to our website at austinuu.org.